0: Well, as promised, we are going to be talking about how to work around the lowest unit rate that the politicians are going to demand of your station this year. I think you'll find that real interesting. And while political is on our agenda, Keith, uh, a comment from a listener that was worth mentioning as uh, we continue to get comments from our listeners uh, to media insultant. And the Thursday Rumble, yeah, it's on. Amazon Prime <laughs> NFL versus the NFL on NBC. Yeah. All right. So good morning. We're back with another edition of Media Insultant. Our opinions, ideas, and occasionally those snarky comments that both of us and can come up with. Although that we're famous for. But,
1: that's, that's our brand. We're the headquarters for snark.
0: And you have more snark than I have. Uh, but that's what makes it entertaining. Uh, We are targeting media consultant at radio and TV sales and management people, both in and out of the business. I'm Jackson Dell Weaver, since um, I need to get that out there that there's no confusion with me and the Jackson Weaver at WMAL in Washington, D.C. And I'm here in the Pacific Northwest. My co-host, Keith Samuels, is in Los Angeles, and uh, he's uh, back after a weekend of heavy partying, but looks pretty good to me.
1: You know, it's just party like Rockstar all weekend long. It's the L.A. lifestyle, baby.
0: Well, Keith, as you know, we do this each Tuesday and Friday. So today we'd like to welcome you to the Tuesday, September 20th episode of Media Insultant. So, Keith, just up the street from where we live here in Kirkland is the new Google Complex. Uh, actually, it's uh, been there for about a decade, but they just doubled the size of it. And in the process, they built this enormous wreck area that they call the Ferriton Spur Park. And it's really cool. They've really done a nice job. It's got places for kids to play, fountains for kids to play in. They've got game courts workout areas, uh, children's play area, the restaurants, uh, there's a big herb garden, there's a beer garden. I mean, they've really done a nice job with this this space. So we were passing through the park yesterday on a walk there. The Kirkland Corridor goes through this area, and so we were out for a, a nice neighborly stroll. Okay. And out of the Google building comes a tech guy, obviously a tech guy, comes out of Google and he kind of starts no, walking no, that would toward be
1: a, us. That would be a tech bro. A tech bro comes
0: out. Thank you, yeah. thank you. A tech yeah. bro. Tech bro. You, yeah. you you are so much more hip on this stuff than <laughs> I. Am. So he's he's you know he's kind of a he's really a typical tech, tech guy. He's fully bearded, kind of slovenly, and he kind of slouches his way down toward us. But his T-shirt said it all. It was just the best thing I've seen in a long time. He said, "I like coffee," and about three people. <laughs> so. Okay, <laughs> I thought that was that was exactly who he is, and he's not a leader of men, Keith. But at least he knows who he is.
1: Yes, and and uh, and clearly, and you pro- and whoever those three people are, they know it too, and everybody else is, uh, you know,
0: out of there. Is out of there. Okay, so this Thursday, Keith, quick reminder that Radio Master Sales Summit begins in Miami. This is the first event that I think Radio Inc. and uh, the Center for Sales Strategy have put on. You used to be with Center for Sales Strategy. Did you ever do one with Radio Inc. that you remember?
1: No, back in my era at uh, the Center for Sales tragedy, or, um, Strategy, well, we were very exclusive. And we did not do any work outside of whoever our clients were. Now it's come one come all, but uh, back then it was like no, nope, you know, we don't do that because we are exclusive and we only work with our specifically signed clients. I mean, we did a couple of RAB presentations, but very few. Yeah, so this well, is this, all new. This is a new marketing effort for CSS.
0: Yeah, and I, I and you know, we wish them good luck. They're doing it at the uh, Intercontinental in Miami. And you know, it's it's like you and I were talking about. It's the it's frankly, it's the normal list of people you see at these things. You know, the the market managers, the coaches, the vendors, uh, you know, the retail consultants. And Paul Jacobs will be there, and your friend Mike Doyle and Erica Farber will be there, and Ron Stone. So, you know, the agenda looks pretty interesting though. And uh, there's always room. So it's this Thursday. Just thought we would mention it if uh, anybody has the last minute urge to go to it. I'm sure they'll find <laughs> room for you. I'm there, sure
1: they were. there, there are they were advertising spots available, so you know you're, it's still your chance if you're in the area. And you mentioned Mike Doyle. Mike's a great guy. Mike was a longtime CSS client. He's on the agenda, and he'll have he'll have some perspective on 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 kind of how you adapt some of the some of the practices that CSS trains you in into the real world. And uh, so he's a good one. Yeah, and there's some there's some other folks. There's a, a sports uh, workshop that's going on, you know, uh, and and other experts along the way. So it, it should be an interesting uh, interesting show. So we'll, we'll look forward to getting some feedback after it's over.
0: One of the other things I think is really important is my feeling on these kind of events is even if you just come away with one new idea, it's worth it. You know, you don't have to come away with 20. One good idea and it's worth it. Okay, you know, Keith, uh, we've been doing this for a couple of years and we always appreciate feedback. And last week we had a comment, or we had a, a discussion about political advertising in radio and why radio wasn't getting a bigger share of the political advertising that was going on. Yeah. We got a comment from one listener in particular, uh, Dr. J. Thomas Smith. He's an attorney, he's an author, a radio host, and he's a motivational speaker. A lot of things that guy is doing, and I'm impressed. Yeah, I'm, I'm impressed.
1: I'm impressed that he's listening, which is great. Exactly. Hey, thank you, Probably Dr. The Smith. High,
0: he, he certainly has raised the uh, the average of our of our caliber of listener
1: <laughs> yeah no question but
0: he commented that if stations had more related programming they'd get more political dollars and I think we agree with that that's why news talk stations get so much of the political pie but my point is radio it, it has that criteria for the political buys but not TV on TV they buy anything <laughs> anything. <laughs> Right. Now, there was a time when, uh, interestingly, TV stations would not accept political advertising in newscasts. That didn't last very long because there's just simply too much money sloshing around and people yep. didn't yep. want to say no to it. So <laughs> so now you see political programming or political ads in all kinds of programming. And I think my point with that is if it works for TV, it should be relevant for radio. He did make the comment that if listeners are uninformed and don't vote, why would a campaign spend money on them to, to reach those people? And I guess my thought, and you and I talked about this, just because they listen to music formats doesn't necessarily mean they're uninformed or that they don't vote. I mean, they may not be ditto heads, but they're still part of the voting population. And frankly, in a close contest, that radio audience could be enough to Turn a, a candidate one way or the other. So
1: yeah, well, and I think and I think part of the reasons why we've seen such a massive influx of political dollars onto onto digital, but also the way that they kind of create these kind of digital uh, influencer kind of campaigns, where you get these kind of unengaged voters who aren't listening to talk radio necessarily, and probably there's nobody under forty five listening to talk radio anyway. But you know, you take these kind of unengaged, un- semi informed voters and they create kind of this this uh this kind of oh gosh the in crowd is really going this way or are going to vote on this this way uh i want to keep up with my friends my friends seem to all be liking this stuff you know i've seen this you know try you know affect my daughter and her friends and so forth and that that social media is a big way to influence these kind of unengaged uninformed voters or partly informed semi engaged and they're going to vote and they, they get influenced by this. So part of the thing about radio, particularly, which is which a big part of the success of radio advertising is live reads. Is is same with podcasts. It's DJ endorsements. I call. It, I'm sorry, influencer endorsements. And and they don't do that for political uh, races or even initiatives. Some hosts will will come down on one way or the other, but they're not doing commercials for the initiative or for the candidate. Uh, but they can on digital, and you see all this stuff going on on digital where, where influencers are saying how to vote. So it's a little bit more difficult for radio to position themselves just to run spots. Now, the formats and stations targeting various minority groups are getting a lot more did, uh, you know, political dollars than are kind of the run-of-the-mill general population or wh- primarily white audience stations. So you're seeing, you're seeing companies like Ontravision, SBS, Univision, who dominate Spanish language radio, get a ton of political dollars because they're just trying to inform uh, their audience about what's good for them. And that's what the ads are saying. And the same thing with, with African-American or black-targeted radio uh, as well. So, but that's a little bit harder to find. Hispa- Spanish language is easier to target, I think, than probably anything else in radio in terms of influencing an audience. And so they're getting a lot of dollars. Your typical AC station, your your soft rock, your classic hit stations are just kind of vanilla, and they're just out there reaching a broad audience, and maybe that's just too broad for some of these political buyers.
0: Well, I think that has been the case, and that yeah. was that was Doctor Smith's comment. And you know, it's it's I think it's something that we'll never have a, a clear answer on, but. I really appreciated his comment, and if you've got a comment you want to make on anything Keith or I say, uh, it's always Jackson at InTownMedia.com or our LinkedIn post. Always a good place to leave us a thought.
1: All right. Well, and 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 Doctor <clears throat> Smith has had a, a radio show for since the '90s, so he's he's a you know a, a great personality, and he's also obviously a great academic background, and has got some informed opinions. I think he's down in Houston, and so, you know, Dr. Smith, thank you.
0: All right, well, while we're talking about politics, I'm sure I'll hear Uh, from David Oxenford and some of his lawyer buddies on this one. But we (laughs) promised you last time we were here, last week, that we had a strategy for getting around and effectively circumventing the lowest earned, lowest unit rate on, on your radio station. You can use it on TV, too. Frankly, this has always been a nightmare to calculate. You know as well as I do. You take the, you know, well, you got a package for this client, and, and, you know, they're an annual, and they get some spin, and they get this promotion, and they get this digital ad, and who knows how to calculate that. It just gets to be a nightmare. But the first thing that you do if you want to work around this in our strategy is make all of your rates preemptible for normal business. So the Ford dealer, the local AC shop, the guy who's got a restaurant on the corner, all of their rates are preemptible and make that very clear to them. They can be bumped. They're preemptible. They can be bumped to the next day or however you want to handle your preemptible spots. Then the opportunity is the political campaigns only want what? Non-preemptible. Yeah, yeah. Right. right. And the spots have to run before the election. Duh. (laughs) And the buys often come in in the last week or two of a campaign. So there's no opportunity to run anything after the after the election. That'd be crazy. So what you do is you create a non-preemptible rate card and give the politi- political candidates the lowest rate on that card. You know, the rate mm-hmm. card obviously is higher than your daily preemptible rates because they're non-preemptible. That's a reasonable business decision. Mm-hmm. And before this lowest unit rate came along, the stations I worked for when I was a kid, we just went to the top of the rate card. You just pay that one rate. doesn't matter if you buy one spot or 20 spots. Everybody right. paid the same rate. Now, of course, the politicians didn't like that because right. they were paying such a high rate compared to everybody else on the station. But uh, I've used this on a couple of markets, and I found it to be successful. Now, let me to be perfectly clear and disclose. I've used it in smaller markets. I've seen TV stations use it successfully. I have not done it in a competitive political market, which might be a problem. And, you know, run it by your lawyer. See what your lawyer has to say about it and then determine whether you think it's, it's you know, worth the hassle. And if it, if it becomes a hassle, you know, my experience, again, is the politicians have enough money. For the most part, they don't really much care. They just want to rate and they want to buy it and be done with it.
1: Well, and it has and, to run.
0: And that it has to run. And finally, objects in the mirror may be closer than you think, so <laughs> good luck. But I think it's well, a strategy it, that makes it a lot easier.
1: Yeah, and it's a, it's a great idea. And, and this is for candidates, right? This is for federal candidates. This is, this is, is not correct. for all the initiatives. So, so in California, we're having, we're having this raging fight over a couple of uh, online sports betting initiatives. Uh, initiative, uh, I think it's uh, 26 and 27 uh on the ballot and it's just back and forth and it's just they can't buy enough spots online and on air and but for initiatives it's whatever it's whatever rate you can get i mean it's they're not there is no political rate or political rate card for initiatives this is for candidates only and that period of time where you have to honor this lowest unit rate whether it's preemptible or not preemptible that kind of thing is during that window leading up to the election right and right. I think in, in primaries, it used to be 30 days up to a primary election and then, and then 60 days up to a federal, uh, you know, the general election. So it's a very narrow period of time that you have to be aware of this going on. And so, yeah, to be able to convert, you know, some of your all of your normal advertisers who have good deals and are doing business to a preemptible wink, wink rate and then create, a, you know, have this other rate card that's non preemptible you know, makes perfect sense. I, I don't see how that would be a problem.
0: <laughs> well, and, and lawyers are great at saying no. And so we, yeah, I'm sure the, that you'd hear a lot of no's, but so, it's don't a reasonable take our business. Advice.
1: Check with your, check with your, your attorneys on political rate card and, and political policy adherence and don't, don't take it from us, but Hey, it's not a bad idea. Is it
0: certainly worth, worth exploring? I think, uh, and, and you know, your talk about the windows, I think the windows are 60 and 60 and 90. I can't remember. Yeah. You know, it used to be that, you know, you'd, political advertising was one page. And today, you know, these lawyers hold all-day seminars. There are booklets we used to pass out in the Washington State Association of Broadcasters that was an inch thick that had all of the rules. And, oh, my gosh, you know, it's why some stations wanted to legitimately say, we're just not going to accept anything. And you can't mm-hmm. do that on federal. You have to accept You have to you take know, it. Yep. You have to take it. All right, well, we have... We have um, gotten enough people in trouble now with that idea. Let's <laughs> let's see what kind of feedback we get on it. NFL on Prime versus NFL on NBC Thursday nights. Keith, this has been such an interesting, I, I don't want to call it a rumble or a battle, but it has been in terms of audience value and sales. You've been following it pretty closely. Bring us up to speed.
1: Well, last Thursday night, the uh, 15th, was the uh, first NFL game Streamed live. Well, actually, they did a preseason, but this is the first regular season game that they have streamed only on Prime Video. The first game of the season was NBC, and Amazon's going to have 15 games this year, and um, and this was the first one regular season game. And sports media over the weekend and into uh, into yesterday's trade press was uh, was pretty brutal about parts of it and very complimentary about other parts. Um, if you watch the game. You know you, um, you you got you saw the debut of kirk herb as the uh analyst the color commentator who was partnered with legendary al michaels for the play-by-play and the reviews coming in were really positive they thought that they worked really well together they thought Herbstreit did a great job of course al michaels is a fixture no one's going to you know going to give him a bad time and he was great as always and so uh, and, and so and then they judge the pregame pregame show. They had an hour long pregame show all on site. Amazon is not doing a studio show pregame like they do on Fox and CBS and NBC's Sunday Night Football. They've got an hour long. I think it's almost a two hour long pregame show that they do as well. That's in studio. They're doing it all on site, which is kind of a different. Thing, but it's pretty traditional in terms of its ex football players, its uh, personalities that are involved. It's pretty typical on it. But here's the other problem where they where the, the sports media has just gone nuts about the game is that everybody had problems in their stream. Virtual every every reviewer had problems syncing video and audio. That was off during the pregame. I had to relaunch the game probably a dozen times just to get the audio to sync up with the video. That was crazy. And then a lot of us in sports media had a big problem with the quality of the stream and the buffering. I was out of focus 90% of the time during the play-by-play. The commercials ran perfect. They streamed perfectly. But the (laughs) game, I'm watching this on my $3,000 Sony Bravia 4K 1080, whatever it is, Mega Thribithrom, DB, you know, whatever, and it's a, it was a lousy viewing experience. I didn't watch the second half. I couldn't deal with how lousy it looked on my so clearly I've got an issue with spectrum, my internet provider, and a lot of other people had problems carrying it too. So we, we, they got some issues to deal with and they, they're saying, oh you didn't you have to go to your settings to change it to 1080 or do this or that. And and then one of the guys that I, I read said for $139 a year for prime, I should be able to turn it on and watch it and have it be as just a good experience as watching it on NBC. I shouldn't have to do anything. You should be able to get me the game in pristine, high-quality, digital focus, right? So that was a big problem for a lot of us, that the game's well, viewing that, experience was a big problem.
0: But that viewing experience is not the problem of your ISP. That's their servers. They simply it, didn't have the capacity, and it would be my opinion, they didn't have the capacity to handle all of that. They're just going to have to gear up for it and you know they're going to have to yeah. put more servers in Moses Lake or whatever it takes but here but here's the thing too cuz I
1: as a, as an old you know broadcast guy you know we always track as sales managers who advertised on our competing stations or competing news broadcasts or in this case I logged all the pregame and and first half advertisers on NBC on the week of November, of September 8th when they ran the opening game of the season and they had 34 advertisers in game in the first half, how many do you think Amazon had NFL game same time, it's, you know, two 15 minute quarters? It's not that tough. They ran 56 spots in game. And if you counted a lot of prime video rings of power commercials, you were correct because they were running. They couldn't run enough Amazon Prime video commercials. It was pretty crazy. So I'm not sure how they jammed more spots into it. But one of the things that I like about watching my games on NBC, CBS, or Fox is that occasionally they have a local break. They're running usually all the same national advertisers, DraftKings, NFL Plus, Little Caesars, you know, FanDuel, you know, know, Bud Light, whatever, you know, you'd you'd think that that was the case uh, on Amazon, but it wasn't, Or, or then they'd also have a local break. So I'd see my local Southern California Ford dealers, you know, the Toyota dealers, maybe a local uh, fast food chain, maybe a local retailer, no local spots on Amazon. Now, even though you can buy Amazon's prime NFL games addressably, I don't know who did that. I couldn't tell you know, whether somebody locally was doing that. So you, you kind of miss that, that local connection. But hey, they don't care. They don't have local affiliates that are carrying the game. It's all prime. So, if I'm CBS, I got to make sure there's a local break so my local affiliates can make some money on the games. But if I'm Amazon Prime, it's a big FU to local affiliates cuz they don't have any. It's all Prime. So, you know, it was it was it had that total national sales kind of feel to it. But one thing that I found really amazing was is that every product that Amazon owns had spots in the game. Everything from their audio app Amp, their Audible audiobook app had spots in the game. Prime video was all over the game. Uh, Amazon Web Services was in the game. If you're a sales guy at Prime and you're the guy that gets to call on all the Amazon companies that they own and sell spots, you cleaned up baby. You nailed it. You rocked it.
0: <laughs> uh, somehow funny. I think that I think those were internal transfers. And you know one of the things Amazon <laughs> may be doing based on your your perception is that they may be taking a break and then delaying the start of the next segment of, of play until their commercials are over. So they can create their own, their own break length and then pop back in with a delayed, slightly delayed, a minute or two action on the game. Yeah, I, I, you know? I'm going
1: to double check that. You know, it's interesting. But, you know, the other interesting observation is that there was not a single beer commercial. In That's all unusual. Of the, no beer. One... Actually, they had two automotive commercials, and that was for Mercedes-Benz. There was no other automotive advertiser uh, that I saw from pregame up to halftime, and that's pretty interesting because you're, you know, on on NBC, you're seeing Toyota, you're seeing Hyundai, you're seeing, you know, all this stuff going on, but not on Prime. So, you know, it's, well. it's, it's an interesting mix of advertisers who they've gone after.
0: And and I'm sure there are a lot of um advertisers deciding to wait to see how it feeds, to see how it's handled. That's the first thing. And as we've said all along, this is R and D for Amazon. They're just they're poking around on this and they're gonna learn a lot doing this over the next couple of weeks. So all right, now in a shameless bit of self promotion, because we do have to go here at Media Insultant. To help us keep this up, we sure appreciate your support. You can click on the QR code on the screen, which will take you directly to Venmo. If you're listening on the podcast, just search for InTown Media on Venmo. We really appreciate all your support. It uh, it helps keep us uh, keep us going on this podcast. So we got to run, Keith. We'll be back Friday. When One of the things we're going to ask is, do radio and TV stations need GMs in each market? Seems to be a a real discussion about that going on these days. So we'll talk about that on Friday. Media Insultant it, drops new shows each Tuesday and Friday, and uh, we're available on all the podcasting platforms. Our videos are available under the Media Insultant Showcase at Vimeo. We're a production of InTown Media, an interim broadcast management company. As we said earlier, love your comments. Jackson at com. Media Insultant will be back on Friday. Keith, uh, let's go have a good week. I'll see you on Friday. See you then, buddy. Have a good week.